Okay, well, I'm nervous, David. I don't know what you're going to bring to me this time around as you slightly uh, went against my wishes and slightly teased it. So I don't know what's going to happen. You're going to take me on a journey, and I'm very scared. Oh, I've got something. You know, listen, despite what I told you, forget all that. What a great start to the show. Forget everything I told you. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Well, don't shake your head at me. That was you shake your I was dancing to like that oh, rhythm. Oh, dancing. All righty. Hell yeah, dude. My dancing is awful, but you know, that's what I was doing. Sorry, I just naturally always think you're being so negative towards me, so my inclination is just to be like, <laughs> David, what the hell? But no, you're right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14. My name is Brian Ortiz. <laughs> my name is David Castillo. David Castle. Bringing it back. Woohoo. Brian, what do I do? son of Orthy. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're so glad you're here to join us again, ladies and gentlemen. Um, for those that are joining us for the first time, you're probably asking yourself, what is the hell is this podcast about? Life's a wreck. Well, what does that mean? Well, to put it simply, our mission statement is this. What is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another. And how do we do that? We use that by using pop culture as the social lubrication for us to talk to one another and get to know each other. Every week, one of us will bring a topic to the table. And then in through that topic, we will examine ourselves and we will learn about ourselves. So one week, David, you'll learn something about me and then tell me what you learned. And the next week, I'll learn about you. And then I will tell you what I learned about you. And in the hopes, as we always do on this show, you get a little bit closer to becoming less of frenemies and more of a.k.a. Spoon buddies, as I like to call us quietly behind your back. Spoon buddies, because all I want to do is spoon you. You know what I'm saying? So that's the whole point of the show. I'm trying to bed you. I'm trying to spoon you. And by doing that, we talk about pop culture. David, how are you doing, man? You know, I'm realizing like just how diametrically opposed we are. Because mm-hmm. you know what you are? You, this is who you are. You are the Philip mm-hmm. Seymour Hoffman character in 25th Hour, trying real hard so to connect... Specific. With his Wall Street buddy played oh by Barry God. Pepper. And and he's just he's struggling. He's he's trying his hardest and he's invested. And Barry Pepper's just like, dude, why do we always why do we always have to do this? Can't we just sit down and shut the fuck up, enjoy each other's company? And that Why can't you reference a normal movie like, you know, like in the new Marvel movie or you know, the new Matrix came out and just like the Matrix, it's always something so deep cut with you. You know, we're you know we are done. We're officially done here. <laughs> The fact that like this is like this is a Spike Lee film with Ed Norton. It's not like some random like you know just art house bullshit indie film starring Peter Dinklage before he became big. What the hell are you talking about? Of all the Spike Lee movies to choose from, that's, a that's great the spot. one. Uh, hey, what's the one with uh, what's my favorite one with Owen uh, Clive Owen and Denzel Washington? It's the bank heist one. Inside Man. I love Inside. Man, because that is literally my mantra when it comes to this podcast and you. I want to be in the inside man to David's 
behind, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am the Clive Owen, and you are the bank, and I just want to hide out inside you, David. If you know the movie, folks, you know what I'm talking about. But enough about that, David. Uh, let's just jump right into this, man. I know we've probably got a lot to talk about. I'm very nervous. You pre-teased this. You teased me, and you know I don't want to be teased with these subjects, David, and yet you did anyway, man. So I'm going to hand the reins over to you. Let's see where you take us on this journey about learning something about me today, David. This is really hard. This is really difficult to like move forward after after what you just said. Like I'm, I'm was ge- it the spooning like thing hurt. or the inside man? Which it, part of that was? The no, no, it was part. right in between that transition of like Marvel versus <laughs> a pretty like common and commonly like known <laughs> Spike Lee film. Like it, that's it, not a commonly known one. That is not a commonly known one. I will argue. When did that come out? When did that come out? It was right after 9-11. That was like part of the appeal, right? It has like some of the most striking post-9-11 imagery where, you know, there are like scenes that take place right, you know, uh, uh, amidst the rubble. Uh, Man, fuck you, dude. I like the 25th hour. I'm an Edward Norton fan. I like that movie. Okay, dude. We got some Rosario Dawson, some Brian Cox. All right, dude. It's a dope don't, movie. Don't it's react just, to me with your IMDb checklist. Listen. Of you, all you, the, I've seen the 20, I own the 25th hour. Do you own the 25th hour? Yes. Okay, well then we're friends. Again, thanks for that journey. <laughs> we're back to being normal. Okay, look, I, I'm just I'm just balancing it out, my dude. Okay. Someone's gotta take the the blockbuster side. Cause we all can't be deep and indie like you, because in this podcast we'll just be a bunch of highfalutin movie talkers, and that's boring. But David, you know, talking about highfalutin movie people, what's your topic about today? So I wanna talk about um so if you've seen the movie Triple Frontier. It's it's a lame Netflix movie with Oscar Isaac and Ben Affleck, right? Despite the star power, it's it, like nobody even remembers it. Right. To, yes, I know. Okay, seen the trailer, was interested because of the star, pe- the 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 people in it, but never had a chance to actually see it. This is probably supposed to be a movie, and they just sold it to Netflix during the pandemic, is my guess, right? <laughs> well, th- there's a scene. I wanted to talk today about a scene that probably like goes on for maybe thirty seconds. Ben okay. Affleck's character is unsuccessfully trying to sell a condo. And <laughs> okay. he's showing this couple this condo, and outside he's like, it's got a great view. And and the reason why... I'm just kidding. I don't want to talk about that shit. What's wrong with you? Did you genuinely oh, think man. that was the topic? Yes, I that- did. Yes, I did, you SOB. I was like, great. Look at here it is. It's 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 a Monday, <laughs> and I have to listen to you talk about a movie I haven't seen in a scene that means nothing to me. And he's just blabbering on. I'm like, oh, I got my work cut out. Oh, I hate this. Let me just say that's kind of an inside joke between me and my wife. Like, that we, Nicole and I agree that movie was terrible. But for some reason, man, we really enjoy the just the humanity in the 30 seconds of Ben Affleck just looking depressed trying to sell condos. So your, your, your idea for starting this podcast was telling me an inside <laughs> joke between you and your wife. Is that correct? I apologize, Brian. I'm sorry. Maybe I should have started talking about Marvel <laughs> and how much I love the franchise machine. There we go. There we go, dude. Now you're speaking my language, dude. Heck yeah. Okay, so right, let's, what's your let's, real let's, yes, question? My real topic. Your real topic. What is the first thing that you ever wrote? When I was a kid, when I was in elementary school when i was even younger than that when i was in the fourth grade fifth grade sixth grade that whole era of my life is when i started using cameras right and trying to make short films 
So those was the, that was my first experience in writing those kinds of things. And I think the earliest stuff was just kind of small, dopey things. But the real things that I had to do were class projects. So I was the kind of kid, and you'll hate me for this, who would be like, hey, we need to do a report about blank. And I'd be like, ma'am, can I do a video report? So that was me. Ugh. I was the kid who <laughs> I didn't want to write. I wanted to do video reports. So the first thing I did, I, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Kevin Smith. I still am, but I was obsessed. This is early 90s. Double uh. No, don't you double uh me, dude. Don't you dare double uh me. I will crack this podcast in half, okay? That man is a pioneer for the 1990s independent movement, and don't you dare get on me about that because that was like your era of highfalutin crap that came out, okay, dude? That I, is the primo era for independent filmmakers like myself to be able to make something. Real quick, if nothing else, I hope you can understand my hatred. No. With what you said earlier. Absolutely not. No, We're not Kevin like Smith. Intensity. Okay, all right. Anyways, keep going. How dare you, dude? Kevin Smith is a goddamn king of his own castle, all right? That man paved the way for a bunch of independent filmmakers like myself to be able to have any hope and dream whatsoever, okay? Brian. So that dude, at the time when I was a kid, like he already had clerks, small rats chasing Amy, all of that stuff. And so I was extremely obsessed with that. So I would do everything in my power to mimic his writing style and shooting style to learn from. And so some of my earliest full-formed pieces were things that I was doing that were based off of Kevin Smith. I mean, that's, you know, and not when you're a kid and you put toys in front of a camera and you're like, I'm doing stuff. Like an actual, I wrote out a script. I gave it to people to do lines. That was one of my earliest stuff was me mimicking Kevin Smith to try and write stuff. So the very first thing I wrote was using him as a baseline to jump off of. So so your early writing experiences weren't like necessarily personal. Personal stuff didn't come until college. That's when I really started to make my own, my first short film. And that's what I would consider like my first voice. Do you like writing? I love writing. I would not consider myself an acclaimed writer like you or anything like that. You've got a wonderful voice. And, and from what I've been able to see through only your tweets, because someone won't let me read their book. So for me, I love writing. It's an exploration. It's a way for me to practice things. I wish I was more practiced in it. But I love controlling the world. I love telling the stories. And I love getting deep into it and figuring out how it works. Just like you in this podcast, I want to get deep inside you and figure out how you work. Just like I love to do with my when it comes to writing. You know, man, you always come back to this. Yeah. Like I mm -hmm. feel like I had another question and then like I just right. Brian, here he comes again. Yes. Like Ben Affleck selling condos. Unsuccessfully exactly. trying to just well, I, I don't nail. It was a smooth transition to your butt is the point. So, yes, oh, okay. I, that was the first time. Ago. <laughs> that was the that was I love writing when I when I get to I love writing. I don't think I'm good at it, man. But do I enjoy the process, though, the creative process? You know what I'm talking about, man. You get in the flow, you get in the groove, you find the voice, you find the imagery. You feel like you're accomplishing something only for someone to tear it down later and tell you it's a piece of garbage. But until then, you feel great. And I love that part. I'm curious, do you have a problem with that? With like, with not, um, maybe not necessarily like somebody like tearing your shit down, but like, uh, criticism. Tear my shit up. Or maybe, yeah, maybe that's exactly what I'm talking about. Do you like, do you feel like whenever you write something and you get mm -hmm. feedback and it's negative, that that automatically oh, equates to like somebody hating? Man, when I was a kid, when I was younger, I did not know how to process feedback <laughs> at all, right? Because I, I was one of those kids that would be like, uh, yeah, I wrote a piece. Uh, I would love for you to hear your thoughts, uh, but let me know what you think. They'd read it. They'd come back and say, well, Brian, here's what I think. And I would immediately be like, 
fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm an experienced writer. You know, get off my back. You don't understand my world or my characters. I was so arrogant in my abilities. Um, and I've had to take a lot of ton of humble pie and eat a lot of shit over the course of many years to finally be able to process that information correctly with a positive attitude, know how to use it correctly, know how to apply it. But it took a long time to get there, man. A long time. It's funny because, man, like one of the reasons why I wanted to like, so this is obviously a very personal episode for me, but I don't give a shit about what I think. Like this is part of why I'm asking these questions because like I'm interested in kind of how you approach that. Uh, Because I, I know for a fact, like I just, take like a totally different approach from probably what you take what i was gonna ask is that um uh oh fuck what was i gonna ask man i'm so i've been so distracted ever since like the inside man the 25th hour diss <laughs> like just the 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 sex jokes because sexual the... jokes right 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 uh, i always throw you off with my sexual advances man that's what it is dude i'm just so pungent with my sexual advantages towards you I, that's I, how i tear you down bro that's how i tear you down I guess I'm just like, I'm kind of curious what you think writing represents for your either thought process or just the way you look at life in general. When I was in the, when I was in the throes of writing and I was doing a lot of work with film and short films and products and stuff like that, my favorite stuff, my best stuff was when I got to express my own deep problems through medium, which is very common. A lot of people do that, right? I used to adhere to the idea of write what you know, and the only thing I know in this world is myself, and then I realized I don't know shit about me. I never write anything for commercial or for just, like, the sake of it, but I always have a message or a story to tell, and I usually relate it to something that I'm feeling or dealing with, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's an ex-girlfriend, a lost love, or just the fact that I, you know, had to smell dick in a cup during, you know, during my baseball, you know, era as a child. So it's one of those pieces of trauma. Dick in a cup? What Saw film were you a part of? (laughs) You know, as much as I hate to admit it, you do, like, consistently surprise me. I honestly would have thought, like, my my first writing was, was, like, it was part of a diary and and i wanted to talk about how much i loved this girl in class and okay i mean oh, all, first of all okay like Jesus the january Christ. embers thing you know, oh my of. god it's not like you know fucking fall in our stars shit where i'm just sitting down <laughs> making paper cranes looking at the sky and thinking of my lost loves while i cry into a diary this isn't 2002 <laughs> dude I'm not a child of an emo era for the love of god okay damn a little more faith in me i mean to be fair my stories are personal. I just, I get out my angers and frustrations on paper versus like tears and a stained journal as I tell about my lost loves and my lack of father figure. So I like, I just, I do want to like full disclosure. That was the first thing I ever wrote. It's oh like, my it was a, God. so like in, I think it was probably oh maybe like God. fourth or fifth grade. And, and they gave us these really nice looking journals. In fact, I think uh, my parents even like found it. <laughs> I think uh, like several years ago, which I was like, oh, oh my god! Was, it's like, like oh my god. Anyways, but uh, th- these were like beautiful journals. It had like a like a sort of like a blue sky um, with like a sheen to it that was like that acted as like the cover. Um, anyways, real like picturesque, right? Very kind of Albert okay. Bierstadt esque kind of cover. And, uh, but, but like the, the, like the shit in there was, it was like this lame, like fourth, fifth grade, like, 
oh god that girl is so fucking hot you know like, just, <laughs> just like dumb shit like that and it wasn't even Dude, I totally got a boner during gym today because she was staring at me and her tits were awesome you know like listen we like child. fourth or fifth grade like i'm pretty sure i wasn't talking about like boners and tits like uh, I, it was just like dude what a lame fourth grader dude jeez man i was talking full-on like wait a know, second full-on wait, sex a second, stuff. wait a second let's remember like first off let's remember how old we are we're old as fuck okay sure and I don't think I'm just speaking for myself, even though I'm 40. Right. Um, so you know that's not true because we had to work hard for our perversions, man. We had to, like, go to the gas station, get that look of, like, shame where, like, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, the, the gas station attendant is like, oh, man, this fucking pervert's going to, like, go home and jerk off. You know, like, that's what we had to go through. You know what, Grandpa? You don't need to... Pl- I am not in your bracket, dude. Maybe you might have been going to the gas station to try and find pic- nudie pics behind the black magazine covers, but this guy had the internet, you weirdo. I was downloading titties all night as much as I could, my dude. In 19... 19- you know what, never mind. We're not going to, like, age this. <laughs> Mainly because I'm just, like, you know, I feel bad about, like, dating myself. I think that was... Uh, it was, like, the days of harder i guess so maybe you are right maybe like you just i don't understand i thought you were like a poor brown kid from the uh, valley well there's so much (laughs) racism in that holy moly i am from the valley and i know it's we had internet okay this was like mid late 90s i got aol 2.0 and i started downloading tatas and booties and legs all night long trying to cover the modem sound so my mom wouldn't hear me up in the distance dude Listen, I'm sure you're enjoying this. I actually like hate the fact that we've bounced around from like porn to Ben Affleck condos to to the topic that I was I really wanted to. Um... Oh, right. What's your topic, David? <laughs> you know, twenty something minutes into the podcast, David. What's your topic for today? <laughs> you know, it's like so. I'm, I'm you know hearing some of your answers or recalling mm-hmm. what I can through the filter or through the fog of Brian's war of like you know I'm not okay. I'm gonna stop. What what I'm trying to say is that I am also curious, please, about your sort of your um you know your take on like writing as like in its place in the world. One of my favorite alternate theories of consciousness, and uh, and I think you may have actually heard of this if you watched Westworld, which doesn't mention it but kind of alludes to it. Um, but mm. um, so Julian Jaynes was a uh, that show. Uh, scientist in the herb. Uh, psychological psychology scientists yada yada in the uh, in the 70s and his his big theory was that consciousness didn't come from biology or nature but it came from culture and that you know you go back through literature sure. and sort of characters don't speak in reflective tones or they don't internalize emotions you know they get they take their cues from the gods and it's not until you get to Shakespeare that things really change. And that was kind of his whole theory, which is that, you know, that's essentially consciousness came from from writing, right, uh, in works of literature. But I, but I am mm-hmm. curious if you think there's like something deeper that it offers you in terms of what informs your worldview. I think writing is an absolute cornerstone of humanity for like a multitude of reasons. One, from a historical standpoint, as the written word was able to lead to information, which led to education, which led to a sharing of culture and ideas. And it really created an expansion of the mind almost, you know what I mean? And I think that for me personally, writing is also a huge cornerstone because without the written word, 
I wouldn't be as informed as I am. I wouldn't be as educated as I am, which in turn creates who I am as a person from a soul, from a mental standpoint, from a, 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 a capable individual. So writing to me is important. It's a way for not only myself to learn, but for a way to express. And sometimes you can't get something out vocally, then you have to do it through the written word or through a story or through a statement. And without that, who would I be? I would just be a ball of anxious, angry, you know, dick smelling little teenager just crying in a journal and shit. You know what I mean? Without that. So to me, writing is is just pinnacle. You know what I'm saying? Corner cornerstone stuff, man. Even in my life and in history, in my opinion. You know, like I, I gotta be honest, like this is this is pretty much all I had. Like I, I wanted to ask you questions about writing because I wanted to get your opinion. And I want to ask you multiple mm -hmm. questions. And then I just want to leave it at that. So the show's over, folks. We, we, we're done here. And we can pack it up. And uh... <laughs> Oh, boy. This is barely 20 minutes. We are so screwed on this episode. No, no, no. It's, David. It, it, oh, listen, God. Like, there, there's still plenty Please. to explore. But, um, you know, it, it, like, again, this goes back to assumptions that I had about you. Because when I sort of got to know you and, you know, regretfully got to know you, uh, the you know you sort of struck me as someone that was more interested in the visual medium right i mean you were you know, like you had like you know films and things like that and i was just like you know yeah this guy this guy's here to uh direct the next robert rodriguez classic not to write the next cormac mccarthy right right robert, well to be fair robert rodriguez slash kevin smith classic let's credit where credit is due that was the goal you know like, I, I'm not, so, like, listen, I'm, I'm not going to be a dick about it. Like, I'm not a fan of Kevin Smith. What I will say, though, is that um, right. I, I do think there's something to the, that we don't get enough of because they all killed themselves. But I do think there's something to the 90s intellectual, right? <laughs> the Ethan Hawke, to me, is a good example well, yeah. of like the 90s intellectual. Um, and in uh, a lot of those... Uh, you know, I don't know, like, what we're describing, if it's, like, a, sort of a phenomenon, a real phenomenon or, or whatnot. Uh, but um, but I do think of, like, the 90s intellectual as, like, the sort of... They, did, they didn't know they were a student of, like, Hegel, but, you know, the sort of... The, the kind of the dialogue tactician, you know, the, the sort of... The conversationalist. Um, that, to me, always sure. described Kevin Smith's, like, early work, which is, like, just a, just a one long-ass conversation... Yeah. You know, for, for better or for worse, in my opinion, but like, um, I, you know, that's it, it, that's something that, like, you know, I sometimes do the old man shouting at clouds, like, fuck, you know, like, whatever happened to David? This whole podcast is about conversation. <laughs> this whole podcast is just a product of the '90s, essentially, dude. We we are students of the '90s. We are. I, you know, I just I feel like in the '90s there was something to be said, but to be fair, I also think we're in a different era. That's really fun for me because right now we're living in the franchise era right now what for however long this lasts but like anything else there's a bubble and one day this bubble will pop and someone will have a different voice with a different message and that will become the new standard just like in the 90s i think a lot of people were kind of maybe tired of these large studio pieces and all of a sudden these independent filmmakers who who lived on dialogue people like Kevin Smith or Quentin Tarantino or Linklater and all of them who just had weird stories to tell, weird messages. So like anything else, man, writing will evolve once again. Right now we are in the blockbuster franchise era. We are. But to be fair, we haven't been here in this level for quite a while. So 
how long it lasts. We ride the wave, and eventually this will be gone, and your art house bullcrap stories are going to come back, David, and we're all going to have to sit through the 25th hour part two all over again, and we'll have to have this... You know, you'll be living in a wet dream. It'll you be know, fantastic. The, the, the irony of this sort of like wet dream scenario that you speak of is that like... Yes. I, I always hated art house films, and I still do. And, and like, obviously, I'm generalizing. There, there are plenty of like art house films that I really enjoy. Sure. But, um, uh, but dude, I, like, I'm I'm a student of John Carpenter, man. That was John Carpenter was was the man, and still is, like, in many ways. So, you know, you're like a high educated writer and stuff like that, and you live up here in the clouds. But let me ask you this, David. Like, if you want to get, yeah, kiss the guns, baby, kiss them riding guns. That's what I'm talking about. You live up in the clouds now. Come down to this plebeian level, all right? Come down to the troglodytes, my dude. You're in the dirt. You're in the mud with us, okay? You're not eating high-end food. Instead, you're snacking on Mickey D's. Tell me, I want to know, dude, give me some of the ugly, dirty stuff that you like that is either fucking everybody listens. Like, are you, do you, I mean, do you secretly like a big old franchise? Do you, like, read some just books that everybody reads, no big freaking deal? Like, what's your jam, dude? Where, come on, give me the bottom level stuff, dude. Come on, don't give me high end stuff. Give me some shallow stuff. I don't understand. Do you, do you consider John Carpenter high end stuff? John Carpenter has become legend at this point, dude, and it's a, it's a film to follow. I mean, his work is, is is in history books now. You know what I'm saying? So he's not plebeian level anymore. He's not down here. He's like a, a legendary auteur in his own right over the course That's of That's a decades. fair point. But remember that like at the time, he was considered like just a schlock director, right? I mean, like at the right, time, like, just like Ed Wood. But look at him now. So my question is, I want you what's in you're in the dirt with me. Like, you know, you say my Marvel movie is like dirt ground level <laughs> stuff. So, like, where do you sit in the dirt, man? Come on, where do you like to watch? What do you like to consume? So you don't, you don't think the uh, the sort of that doom metal, like just eardrum shred music, counts as like dirt? I mean, I'll I'll give you my real dirt, but I'm just just I just want to ask that first. Sure, I'm sure. Like you know, again, look, every rich person <laughs> loves to hang out in the slums sometimes and get a good taco. Okay, dude, <laughs> but I need to know where the heck you are at with some other stuff. I want to so give me some dirty down stuff, man. What's okay, up? You know, I I will say, um, I will say, like, and I don't know if I'm, I still enjoy it, but as a kid, and and even going mm-hmm. into college, man, I did love mm-hmm. me some exploitation. Um. Now, I wouldn't consider, like, trauma, the, like... The genre, or, like, you personally like to be exploited? <laughs> I guess both, you but, specific. you know, we're not going to talk about gotcha, that, that gotcha. part. Uh, but. Copy that. I made a note on my, my notes here. David likes to be exploited. <laughs> Copy that. But, uh, so one of my favorite films is actually... Well, not, like, not favorite favorite, but, like, a film that I can always watch is Poultrygeist, <laughs> Night of the Chicken Dead. Oh, wow. And, um, okay, okay. So even though I don't really... I, I never really cared for trauma that much... I did like some of that sort of like dark at, you know, like Cannibal Holocaust, for example, uh, which. So which, what's funny to me, dude, is I wouldn't even what you're talking about now is I wouldn't even consider that low level. Like that's not even that's not even what I'm talking about. Still, I think you're still up here. I'm talking about I'm going to get you deeper. All right, dude. Let me ask you this, David. Do you watch any Marvel movies? <laughs> Do you watch any reboots, man? Do you like remakes on old stuff from the 80s and 90s, dude? I love the way you worded that because you, you worded it perfectly for me. That's that's the only... So, no. 
No, I, I, I yeah, I'm gonna get to. I, the, I don't flat, just flat out, man. Like, and you're not listen. You're not gonna you, get me to play. You won't. You you won't join us on this level, dude. You don't want to see a goddamn franchise movie. You don't want to see the newest James Bond, <laughs> By right, the way, dude? You don't want to see. Did, did you did you watch huh? that? Because I did. Sadly. Yes, I did. In fact, this movie helped make sense of the other movies. The entire Daniel Craig era doesn't make sense until you watch it as a whole. Up until then, it's a Casino Royale, and then that's it. And you're like, what's happening? But then when you see it all together, you're like, oh, I get it. This is an entirely long-ass personal journey that we've had to go on. So, it's the most personal James What you're Bond. actually saying is that the other movies didn't make sense until the new movie had the fantastic stroke of luck of just connecting them. That's that's what you're saying. Okay, all right. That's almost exactly what it felt like, which I was, that's why for, I like Casino Royale and then the rest are kind of like hit or miss for a while, but it just never felt like, I don't know where we were going with this story that they were trying to tell. And it wasn't until this last one, I was like, oh, there's an actual finality to this whole journey we're on. Gotcha. All right. Well, now I'm much better. So here we go. So David, you don't want to join us for any of the Marvel movies coming out. Hold hold on a second. Hold on a second. So, so the new Batman, I actually will check out, um, but, um. But oh, so the new Batman. So you will watch a franchise movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but usually I don't enjoy it. But the point is, you, what? There's got to be one you like. You don't like any of the Batmans? <laughs> of course, of course, I like some. But I will say, you know, you know what? Like, which hold on, hold on. Which Batman? Which Batman? Please, we got to know. The audience has to know which Batman David likes. Which Batman movie David likes? This is important information. We're gonna pull you down to the weeds and into the. All dirt. I can say is, for some reason. I find myself rewatching The Dark Knight Rises more than The Dark Knight. Hey, you know what, dude? That I was I was super worried you were gonna say Batman and Robin. So we're good here, dude. I thought for sure you were gonna one hundred percent be like, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman and Chris O'Donnell. That's my jam. Nipple Batman. Let's do this. This is why we're so different. Like to me, that is that is a mark of shame. That's a fucking scarlet letter. Okay, like the okay, fact good. that The Dark Knight Rises is something I can actually. Oh, yeah, like I I don't mind when like Talia Al Ghul says dumb shit. Like it's the slow knife that cut waits years that cuts the deepest. I, all these metaphors. <laughs> that they use in the film like that to me is shameful and you're like what the dark Knight is fantastic what do you do what are you being shaved of so that's your that's your that's your that's your scarlet letter that you wear <laughs> that you don't want to show people is that you like to watch the dark Knight rises often what i wanted to know before we got way off topic <laughs> before we got way off topic, before i attacked you and put you on blast is if you if you like listen this is your magnet what is it magnum opus i, I feel like i want to magnus, say, magnus opus? opus yeah like i don't know why i don't know that i'm sure somebody will add us and tell us what it is <laughs> yeah. uh got a thousand ads at david everybody just so we know if so you had this magnus opus and it happened to Correct. be right and related what okay. would it be would it be like a screenplay would it be a novel would it be something that you would write to your mom or uh, an ex-girlfriend, mm. yada yada. This is right because we've talked so much about what writing means and like how it harnesses and crystallizes consciousness, organizes our thoughts, critical to allowing us to kind of say what we really mean, you know, with with all the dressings, right? So your on your grave written piece what is it going to be you are such a writer dude you are such a writer that entire question was eloquently put together and your verbal <laughs> wordplay just gave me a full-on literary boner dude jesus if it's dude, not an actual boner stuff, then we got no, then it's not that impressive <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry dude i got a full-on lit stiffy right now right dude 
we call it the lit stiff, and it's going hard for you right now, dude, because you just turned me on with your vocal tongue right now. If I had to do my magnus opus, uh, it would be for a film, and not a major film, but I would love to write a absolutely pitch-perfect independent film that expresses myself in a interesting and weird way um, that would further um, explore my depth of trauma and pain and problems all in a really fun, fantastical kind of way. That would be my, my true magnus opus if I could pull that off. And I have stories that I've written that I would love to do that kind of follow that track. Um, but if I had the opportunity, that's what I would love to develop and create a story about a message from my own personal issues that I want to get out into the world that people can relate to and maybe find meaning in and maybe help them in some way. That's the dream. Like, again, this is not Oprah's couch, right? Like you can tell us, what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to like write something personal? Like, obviously we know that, you know, at this point people know about your daddy issues, which I'm here for you. You know, that's, that's why we do this. Uh, we know about... Uh, You're not here for that. Don't You just want to find ammo to make fun of me, you son of a bitch. Don't pretend. How dare you? <laughs> You're here for... I'm here for you. And you write down like, all right, make fun of his dad issues, <laughs> tear him apart about his dick. You're, You're here for, you know, the soulmate and the franchise films. And, and I'm just curious what, you know, what that is. Like, what is it to, like, write something, like, personal? Is it something that you think is, like, uh, a drama, something eccentric? Are you just, like, the next... Uh, Michelle Gondry, and that's the kind of like that's the tone that you're looking for. I mean, all of those are massive influences in my world. You know what I'm saying? But writing something personal to me just means, for my own personal journey, is 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 work is basically free therapy. Like I feel that the ident- to identify a piece of work as personal is to express a part of your emotions and for me that is you know when it comes to it it's mostly about relationships as those are kind of the more important things in my life whether it be between friendships lovers or family you know what i mean so a lot of my work comes from that's the core root and that's what it means to be personal and it's it's either traumatic or it's funny or it is heartbreaking or it is satisfying or it is loving you know what i mean so when it comes to personal journeys in my book that's what it is. And the way I would express it, if I had a choice, would be through dialogue, which, again, as a man who comes, who was influenced by the 90s, by Kevin Smith and by all those people who were living in an era, as you so said a moment ago, of dialogue is king and conversation is there, hence this damn podcast, it would be through analyzation, through conversation of educational conversations <laughs> with just, one another. You go back to the intro <laughs> of the... Uh... <laughs> Uh, but really, it would be through dialogue and through character development. That's the only way to truly tell a story. And so I would love to do that. If I could do it also in a visually stimulating way, that would be even better. I love the idea of uh, visual interpretations through fun and innovative concepts. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'll ever be Michelle Gondry level. No way. But I love that idea of being able to express yourself in a visually interesting way that you have come up can i ask a dickhead question i guess i don't have a choice so please go ahead what's stopping (laughs) you money money i think on to do the thing that you want to do to make it a life to get it in front of as the biggest eyes as possible possible you need money so i don't have money 
and I don't have the time. You know what I'm saying? Because at this point, I also want to pay for people's time. I want to pay for their equipment. Uh, you know, this, I'm not 19. I'm not 18. I'm not 20. I can't just run around with a free camera and a free crew and film an hour and a half movie and think I'm going to get away with it. You know what I mean? That's so hard. That's so hard, especially when you're competing in a market where people are making big stuff and having great visions. You've got to cut above the noise. So, hey, if you're out there and you're creative and you've got some sort of mission statement or idea and a way to do this that I am completely off on, awesome. You have figured out a new way to crack the formula and be a voice. Awesome. But if you want to go the other route, you need money to get into this system. So why, and I can't tell the stories. So why not sell condos? Ben Affleck doesn't make it look easy, but I think because I don't look like Ben Affleck (laughs) and I can't sell shit if I don't look as buff as that dude. Okay, I want to. I told you, I either have to look like 2009's Chris Pine, 29 Chris Pine, or I have to look like Ben Affleck in The Accountant. One of those two. Okay, those are good era. I'll also take Ben Affleck in Armageddon. That's like a good cut. Thin Ben Affleck that I also really it, like. There's you know a lot of different Ben Afflecks though, man. Like you know, you get a lot of like there Instagram is. photos, and you got Dunkin' Donuts Ben Affleck, right? So, I mean, right. There's like, what do you got? You got Trim Affleck, or you got Poofy Affleck. You know what I'm saying? Like it's he's kind of fluctuating weight all the time, dude. You know what I mean? But I'll take Armageddon. I'll maybe take Dogma, uh, Ben Affleck also, or even Phantoms Ben Affleck. He's really good. He looks good in that too. <laughs> I feel like you're only saying that just like a Kevin Smith reference, not because like you genuinely enjoy the movie Phantoms. I love the Phantoms. <laughs> I have three copies of the Phantoms in my house with Peter O'Toole, Liv Schreiber. Dude, don't even, bro. Don't don't at me. The the uh, the Phantoms, for those who haven't seen it, is like yeah. the spiritual sister to a John Carpenter movie. So I highly recommend go check don't it out. Fucking dishonor don't fucking dishonor Don't listen to this dude who fucking lives in the clouds with the 25th hour. Go check out some low-end stuff. Check out The Faculty. Check out The Phantoms. Early 2000 horror. It's in the late 90s, early 2000 horror. Not the worst thing in the world. You know, honestly, I think one of the reasons why I was curious, like I said, one, it's nice to hear you explain it. Like like I said, it wasn't meant to be like a rhetorical question. Like, oh, well, dude, like, you know, just fucking you just got to dream big enough. You know, like you yeah, get I heard that, that story. I heard that damn statement too many times in my life. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of one of the like, so, you know, uh, my wife and I was talking about like toxic positivity because, you know, we, I'm sure we both have like coworkers that kind of like, you know, sort of treat um you know your missions and your goals as something that's just like a matter of belief as as opposed to something practical that you know involves real world resources that you sometimes don't have right that's a good statement Uh, toxic positivity i don't think i've heard that until now toxic positivity that is so true dude i don't know how many times in the film industry and people like hey man just do it. I'm like, this is not a damn Nike commercial, man. You can't just make, hey, you have a phone, right? That's got a camera. I'm like, yes, it does. That's not how you make movies at the end of the day, though, okay? That's not how that works. <laughs> shaking my head, dude. Just shaking my head, man. Positive toxic, was it? Toxic, toxic positivity. Positive. Yeah, that is great, man. There's so much of that out there, and I think it needs to... Uh, I think a lot of these key phrases, like go out and just make it or just do it, I think they need to be twisted What's and refurbished and made something better. Was it like hustle and grind, like wake and grind, y'all? You know, this this fucking bullshit. And and I think the, hustle the, and grind is a lot more applicable to the film world than just do it. I'll tell you that much. The and and of course, you know, like it's you know we've seen what a lot of these like you know sort of can do advice gurus are worth. Uh, most of whom like oh were like you know given and gifted million dollar mansions and sure and you know the worst part about it is just like this like obnoxious fucking like idea that like well 
there's nothing wrong with the world. Something wrong with your world. Something wrong with you. You know, like I hate that implication. Um, and of course, you being you know like a young, you know, buff Latino male who probably didn't you know like was denied certain jobs because of being because of your last name, <sighs> son of Worthy, dude. Yeah, there was so many jobs I was denied of because I was, I mean, when I was 14 and I was jacked, a little jacked, little Mexican boy walking into Hollywood video, I'd be like, I'd like a job. And they'd just be like, sorry, sir, you're too buff and you're too Hispanic. Please leave, sir. Please get out. And I never worked at Hollywood video. Shout out. I always wanted to. You know, for all the bullshit that, that we're, you know, maybe this kind of cuts into like, you know, what we learned and all that shit. For all the bullshit. David, this is a part of the show that we like to do where we go we go back and we learn about what we learned about one another. And that you are the king of transitions, my guy. This is why I love you. David, we've talked all around the world, but you think I think you're getting to the part of the show where you've learned something about me, David. David, have you learned anything about me? I always learn something about you. And today, what I learned, because Listen, like I, I, I'm familiar with some of your history and what you've done artistically, mm. creatively, and and to be honest, man, that, like I, that was part of what made me like, you know, kind of want to do something creative, because like, you know, I just saw you as this like, you know, just this nerdy piece of shit. Like, I sh- this was the kid I shoved in the locker. Why nerdy is he piece of shit? Why Jesus is he doing Christ. things that I should be doing? Why is he like more <laughs> successful? Why is he like kicking ass? And, and, you know, listen, like, what I learn is that sort of when you think about writing, for, for me, I think of writing as, as in a very different way. But, like, it's good to hear somebody approach writing from, from not just like, a, you know, of course, writing is personal. We're all aware of that. But, like, for you, writing is not just like, um, it's personal philosophical. And that, I think, is kind of what I've learned, which is that you're not just trying to, um, you don't think about your work in terms of simply, you know, what, you know, whether or not something speaks to you, but in terms of whether you can learn something about yourself, about your connection and relationship with others. And, um, and, and that's, you know, as, as, as much as like, I don't think of writing that way. I, I think that's great, man. I think that's uh, something that I, I hope carries you into, you know, further into the future because you have a ton of shit that you're always doing. And I don't know how you do it. Maybe I don't want to know either, especially when you're telling me like 25th hour is not that big of a Spike Lee film. But anyways, that's, a lot of cocaine. That, that's that is what a lot I, of cocaine. That is what I've learned about you, Brian. And uh, I always hate to admit that I've kind of you've earned some of my respect, but here we are, David. That's one of the nicer things you've said to me in 2022, and I think that's a great start to this year. I hope, uh, you know, I'm only trying to achieve in my latter life and you writing a book is going to be the next thing that I have to uh, put myself up next to a bar and be like, great, David wrote a book and it's selling like gangbusters out there. I now what am I going to do? All I have is a lame podcast. You're the only reason I'm doing this podcast is you're going to be a famous author and I'm trying to ride the coattails, baby, because I am tired of trying (laughs) So I thank you, David, for inspiring me once again. And I, we all know that this whole podcast is really just one giant advertisement for your upcoming book at the end of the day. <laughs> and that's the best part about doing you know, the show with you, man. The worst part is I'm going to get back like query rejections, like rejections for my query letters, and they're all going to be like, 
have you ever even seen like a Marvel film? Like, why aren't you, why aren't you writing something that people are actually gonna like? Like, <laughs> and when that day happens, my door will be open and ready for you. I will accept you into my franchise oh, bosom, and we'll move that twenty fifth bullshit out of the way <laughs> and make room for twenty five Marvel movies instead, my guy. Woo, oh, ladies and Go gentlemen. Fuck <laughs> That is the end of our show on that beautiful note. If you like what you heard tonight uh, or today, whenever you're listening to this, please give us all your likes, your shares, review us with your stars, uh, send us a review. If you give us five stars and you like the review and you give, leave a good review, maybe we'll read it on air. If you give us five stars and you hate us and leave a review, we'll probably still uh, talk about it, just as long as you give us five stars. But don't forget to like, share, and all that fun stuff. If you'd like to send us a topic of conversation, or you have a question, or you want some advice from us about something, whether it be personal or professional, we'd love to answer and see what we can get from our point of view. You can hit us up at rectopod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod, at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Rectopod, Instagram Rectopod, and the TikTok, ladies and gentlemen. You can find us there. We're starting to populate that stuff slowly, so we want to hear from you. Uh, talk to us on our uh, Instagram. Talk to us on our Facebook because we want to know what you're thinking, what you're thinking, and also what you're thinking. Um, D- David, anything else before we leave that you'd like to leave the audience with? If you haven't seen the 25th hour, please check it out. You will definitely not regret it. And then go see the inside man. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Brian Ortiz. I'm David Castillo. David Castle. And this has been another beautiful episode of Wreck the Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next time remember marvel movies are the better movies yay i said it Woo! find me on it i quit Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by.